This is the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from the megacity metropolis of Toronto. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 278. Cave of Solitude, one of my favorite people to chat with, truly. And the easiest guy to have on a panel. This uh, fan expo, <laughs> should we do a panel one-on-one? A, a live yeah, Cave of Solitude? Yeah, we could, man. Anytime. Yeah, I love hanging out. Anyway, uh, thank you for having me. Um, always a pleasure being on here with you. And I think this is what our, is this only our third one? This will be our, our third. third. Yeah, you you were actually on... Um, Probably been, a year ago for my first for my first Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, you were on for the first one, which was a huge success. But I had you on just a little before that. It was like a Skype call that we did for the Chatham Comic Con or something like that. That was oh, okay, our first okay. time. But yeah, oh, okay, one on one. Yeah, we got three three in the uh, in the can now. That's how awesome. You, man. How you been? Uh, t- talk to me about uh, you know the new Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. You got Forest Folk two coming out. Uh, yeah, tell yeah, us yeah. all about it. When did it launch? How's it doing? Sure. Give us the goods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it launched this last Monday, so April 11th. Um, and uh, it, the return backers was amazing. Like it's like we were funded in tw- just under 24 hours. So it was fantastic. Um, it, yeah, it was awesome. So we're we're sitting at around like 18k right now. I think 20k is the first stretch goal which is going to be uh, French flaps to the book. And we've got a whole list of, of stretch goals that we're doing. Um, the spot gloss kind of like mimicked the one that we did on the first the first cover. Um, and then we've got some really cool stretch goals coming. Like we've got like um, trading card stuff. We've got, uh, what else we have? Uh, temporary tattoos. See, this, this, this one's called Volume 2, Bands and Shenanigans. The first one was uh, Picnics and Hijinks. It's just, it was just a random subtitle i came up with because that's what happens they have picnics and they cause trouble yeah so when this one came around um we, uh rob kugler uh one of the guys at the i think it's the chief operating officer or something like that at, at the raid uh loves to kind of get creative too and stuff so he was sending out uh, ideas for new titles and uh, in this in this book there's a, a chunk one of my mini arcs mini story arcs is a filbert starts a band so basically, he gets everybody to be in his "quote unquote" dream band, and they have like a five or six, you know, strip kind of thing about that. So that that became bands and shenanigans was just a, another play on on hijinks. So um, we decided very early on to kind of lean into for the merch and that on this Kickstarter. We decided to lean into the band, okay, part right. So right. We, we've got we've got. Uh, for anybody who has backed the uh, the early birds officially over now, so you won't be able to get that one again. Um, but it had a um, like a fan club print of of Filbert. You know what I mean? Like those old like you know to my biggest fan heart with like his paw print on it. You know what I mean? Like a glossy that's <laughs> yeah, gonna yeah, be in yeah. there. There's a, uh, a a patch like a band patch. So it's kind of like something you could put on your backpack or jean jacket kind of thing. Like that kind of vibe from uh, from from back in the day. And it's basically just a, a shot of Filbert, like kind of like silhouetted, uh, doing the Queen pose, the Freddie Mercury pose. Right, right. So yeah, it's 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 really cool. So we're doing stuff like that, having fun with that, and we're about to do a band T-shirt for the um, for the uh, super fan pack. So there's probably going to be most of that stuff. Plus, oh, that first one was about the limited edition coin, which is only available in, in the early bird, which was this time it's Thomas, 
Thomas's head on the coin. All right. So our boy Thomas. Yeah, it was a lot. Of, it's been a lot of fun so far. It's been it, it, the commission tiers. I'm surprised, but they've just been flying out, which is great. I mean, I mean, I get to draw my characters and stuff, and 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 all that, and it means people want them. So that, that's even. I, that's what I find the biggest thing about this stuff is seeing that people actually care about your stuff. You know what I mean? Like, as artists, it's very easy to kind of get. Uh, imposter syndrome or down on yourself about like oh this person is so huge or they're so great and this kind of thing and then like i release something like this and i've got people like paying good money for me to do a drawing for them on bristol board you know what i mean like it's just it's a really good feeling it's it's a I've, I've kind of got a little carved i've got my own little carved out forest folk family niche you know what i mean and in the comic book world and, and it's fun it's a lot of fun to do and in the intro of the the first volume you've got you know of course acclaimed artist scotty young oh yeah singing your praises but how you came up with it was just from thomas the elf and then mm-hmm. out of that you this this idea just keeps growing very metaphorical to what thomas is right he draws yeah, that's stuff, true, actually, yeah, and and yeah. it becomes his reality or the reality of Filbert. So it was kind of cool how just you guys hanging out and getting you know your workouts in in a way or whatever you're yeah. working on, you you create this yeah. little world for yourself. How are you yeah, feeling? It's... Like, what is it? You you touched on it a bit, but everyone talks about imposter syndrome. But you've got really two really successful Kickstarters now, mm-hmm. um, fast like successful on the first day what how are you feeling uh, it feels here this is this is this this is deep insider information here and it just goes to show like things that i'm personally trying to work on with my own insecurities and whatnot uh-huh. so it got funded in one day right so it was at like sixteen thousand in, in a day or something like that right so it made we, 15 was what we needed to fund it um and all my brain is going to now is like oh but the first one made 40k so if it doesn't make 40 then it's yeah. a failure you know right. what i mean so it's right. like but but then that's, there's also there's actual math involved here too because we've now changed to we use backer kit now at Raid for um, which really helps clean up the back end of the sales and, and like shipping and all that kind of stuff. Apparently it's a, a second third party app or something like that, that that works with Kickstarter. I don't do it. I'm not in charge of it, but who, the Raid people are and they say it's great. So we've started adapting that, and so we we add shipping in at the end of the campaign. So right now all that funding is purely just the book and like anything that people are buying last campaign the numbers were kind of inflated because it had shipping when you purchased your tier right so it was built in so it basically out of that 40 8,000 of that was shipping right right so or whatever the money the seven or eight thousand of that was shipping so it's it's just like you know my brain getting just being like oh i'm not it's not as going to be as good or it's not this and that or it slowed down faster than the other one or it didn't do it. so I, i'm i'm really trying to kind of pinch myself a little bit and then just kind of like breathe and take it in and just enjoy it for what it is you know what i mean like bottom line is people wanted it the book is funded we, we will be publishing the book and uh, anything else from now is just gravy and i think that I'm just kind of excited now. I'm just kind of putting my emphasis onto the the cool swag stuff that's going into the next super fan tier and stuff and making it really cool. And hopefully people like that and jump on board. We've got a real insider information. I don't know when this comes out um, or this podcast, but we have a really cool idea that we're toying with and I'm literally going to push it because I want it. So the super super fan tier is probably going to be a 40 or 50 limited slots or something like that. 40 probably. And, um, so along with all the other stuff, the books and all that kind of stuff, we're going to have a band T-shirt. And so you know on the back of old band T-shirts where like the tour dates and all that yeah, stuff Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to put the 
40 people that buy that or whoever buys that fan pack will get their name to some degree put into the city section on the back. You know what I mean? So it's like you're getting your name on the band T-shirt kind of thing, which That'd would be, be awesome, cool, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And you're technically a super fan, so it kind of all makes sense. And we just kind of spitballed this idea the other night. And we're still going to make the shirt available in the add-on section alone. But, I mean, being part of the super fan pack is what would get your name onto the actual shirt, right? So it's just kind of a cool little extra, I think, that's going to be neat for that 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 tier. And we're launching that, I think, next week or middle of next week or something like that. So Because we're actually only doing a, a three-week or 24-day campaign this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going to be a week shorter. Uh, than the last one, which is good because I mean it, that last one went on forever. I feel like there's kind of like a malaise that you know these funding curves and all this stuff that uh, the Ray Peeps and Sam Noir is looking at right now is like he's just po- always posting graphs of like you know curves and sales and peak times and all this kind of stuff. And every campaign is going to have like a burst out the gate and then kind of plateau. You know what I mean? And then you're hoping to maintain that as much as possible, like the growth. And that's what we're trying to do with this one a lot more than the first one. The first one, we were just kind of rolling with it, didn't have any clue what was going on. Uh, but this time, we're trying to attack it a bit more methodically and stuff like that. So, but yeah. I think the branding of it is a great idea because, like, I think that's also when people are going to um, invest in a Kickstarter. It's not like when you're flipping through comic book magazines or, or um, like Diamond used to have the catalog, right? You're really doing this on good faith. And when you see mm-hmm. that somebody's committed to it based off of cool little token items that you can get that fit in with the themes of the book, it makes it more than just the strip. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I think people want to, it's almost like it's little, it's almost like bone. You see it mm-hmm. and you know what it is without having ever read it. And it becomes its its recognizable like entity in a way, but it's oh, simple, awesome. right? Mm-hmm. And I think you're you're kind of accomplishing that, even just the way that you structure, like the way the the book is printed. Yeah, you know, well, it's definitely pr- you know you know as well as I do that's printed like with a retro feel in mind, right? Like that comes that goes back. To, I say it all the time. It goes back to the stuff I grew up on, right? Like those uh, Calvin Hobbes collections, the Garfield collections, like all those strips were always put into that kind of that format, you know? And so everything that I do, like, as much as I, and I'm not like trying to say like, I know this ahead of time when I'm planning it, but it always, if you, I look at the, some of these things and like, yeah, it's clearly all my old school loves, you know, kind of get put into this thing. And, um, so like, for example, like stickers or window clings from the yeah. first campaign. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, uh, the, getting a page of stickers, you know what I mean, that you would peel off and put in the, like, window cling that you can remove and put back wherever you want. Yeah, yeah. The stuff that I grew up with, right? Like, I think in the next campaign, my, my sticker slash tattoo, this one is going to be temporary tattoos, which is cool, right? Because it's like when you're a kid, you always wanted that. But I'm going to be doing, I think, next time I'm really looking into doing for the third book, like, one of those, and this is even more retro, but remember how there was, like, say, that for example, like a kind of, like, either a folding card or some kind of image, like a background image, and then a bunch of like window cling kind of like characters, right? And then you could actually play put them on that card or yeah. on that background. Yeah. yeah. And I used to spend hours with stuff like that. Like I would spend like, you know, moving them around and like I'd leave them for a day and come back the next day and then move them around again. You know what I mean? Make and, like, him tell a story. Like you making would... your own little mini story on this yeah. like, little page. And I don't know if that was actually a thing or maybe I, it was like a cereal box I did one time as a kid, but it really affected me. So I think I want to do something like that. Uh, as like a, but then again, that's just playing to my nostalgia of when I was a kid, right? And just the thought of seeing my own characters on that is really gets me kind of chuffed, you know. One of my 
Yeah, I, I totally remember that. And it was a lot of fun to, to mess around with as a kid because I couldn't draw. That was the closest thing I would ever get to <laughs> making like <laughs> making a comic book. Yeah. There was yeah. A, a Superman comic, a Man of Steel issue with where he fights Lobo. And the, okay. the cover, there was two covers. There's like the one that you could buy in the newsstand. And then there was one from the comic shop where when you opened it up inside, yeah. there was a bag of stickers like that. And you can make your own cover. Yeah, dope. With, with whatever stickers came with it. And some of them were like just a torso. And then yeah. you can choose the positions of the legs oh, and all that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it was a yeah, yeah. it was a opened up cover. I don't know if people remember That's that. Amazing. But I used to oh, mess, yeah, yeah. I used to mess around with that a lot. That's amazing. So were they removable stickers or was it a yeah. once and one and done? Removable. See, that's the thing, right? That kind of that kind of stuff for me would have blown my mind as a kid, and I I didn't have that exact one, but it was something along. I think I remember they're playing with the DC one, so maybe that they did that gimmick for for something. Um, but yeah, I love that kind of stuff, man. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I feel like uh, the next step is going to be having uh, Thomas and Filbert stuffed animals. Oh, dude, don't even get me started on that. Another thing too <laughs> um, is uh, that, and definitely that, like a good kind of plushy. And, um, uh, like those little rubber Smurf uh, toys that were back in the day, you know, yeah. like every, like, but they were, they're that hard kind of like rubber yeah. resin kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, that would be for me like the highlight, like it would just be right. Cause I mean, I collect, I don't, and nobody else can see this, but like, like I've, I've always kind of held on. I mean, these are the Nintendo ones, right? Like the, yeah. the game, I forget what this was called. Infinity something, I think it was called. Nintendo yeah. Infinity or Disney Infinity or something. Yeah. Um, but I just, I've always loved these kind of collectible kind of uh, th- uh, character rubber things and stuff. And um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I remember playing with the uh, Smurf ones when I was a kid. Like, you go over to your friends at my cousin's house and they'd have the rubber made full of these things. You know what I mean? Yeah, California Raisins. They had California yeah, Raisins. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had all a bunch of those. Come, You'd send them away in like a cereal box and then they'd come back to you in the mail. Mm-hmm. My dad used to do that kind of stuff for me. I used to love it. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, there's tons of possibilities with the way that you've created the characters, the world, the the, the way that it's very, they're very flexible in the type it's it's almost like the winnie the pooh thing right they can have any type of adventure you want to put them on and if you know you however you approach it it could be as long of a story or as short of a story as you like like these are true these are kind of made for to become like an animated series i know i'm thinking big but you it's kind of got the working i'm thinking that too yeah i appreciate that i'm thinking that too i mean i'm literally uh, after this Kickstarter, if I have the time, like I need to start really focusing on the pitch Bible for it because I want to be like in the first campaign we had interest coming from, um, I believe it's called UTA. Uh, it's a talent agency in, in, in Hollywood or something like that. They were, there was a guy who was combing the Kickstarters and, and message reached out to us. Um, Awesome. And we had a inter- we great. had a meeting with them last. Basically, wanted to just be like the agent and try and pitch the idea and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And of course, like I don't have like I want to get a pitch bible to make that a clean, clean process. Right. You know what I mean? Like a nice PDF that's like has the characters, bios, a couple story ideas. You know, all that kind of stuff. Like just really professionally it up. Pro- professionally it up. There's a term for you. There you go. I like it. Uh, <laughs> professionally <laughs> it up. Do not use that at home, kids. It's not proper grammar. Um, <laughs> It's good old-fashioned yeah. Canadian grammar. I like it. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely want – I mean, uh, at this point, I mean, like, it, it's something that I'm more than willing to 
do anything I can with. I'm not, I'm not precious about it by any means. You know what I mean? If it can, if it can put food on my table, then I'll do it. I mean, obviously within reason, I'm not going to, you know, make anything bad. I want to be a part of any project. If I'm able to be lucky enough to do stuff like that, like I want to be like, I don't want to just like, you know, sell, sell the idea. And then they, all of a sudden a commercial or cartoon comes back, you know, eight months later and I have no idea about what's going on. I would like to be a part of anything, but, of uh, cause it's still my baby to some degree, but, uh, at that point, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely interested in all facets of that kind of stuff. Cause we grew up, I grew up with all that stuff. I wanted the toys. I wanted the cereal boxes. I wanted the, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that this is going to get to that point, but I'm saying like, I'm all in if any, like if come one, come all, if you want a cereal, forest folk cereal, come talk to me. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Well, I think th- these type of things only become what they become because someone said, you know what? I want to just make it. I want to, I want to bring life to these little characters that nobody mm-hmm. cares about but you know it goes from you and scotty being friends to ramon perez saying like why don't you put it out there as like a collection and then it's just you know a kickstarter and now you're mm-hmm. these ideas and them combing kickstarter i think especially after the the pandemic people wanted to i don't know i think there was just something that happened that made people pay attention to kickstarter and a lot of creators like well-known creators also chose to go that route for their mm-hmm. own books so it became a very legitimate place to get quality you know oh yeah yeah no i think i think that has literally become the raid publishing brand now i believe like based on because we just like force folk one was the first one then they did sheldon carter's uh a novel so it was a, it was foray into just doing novels like the written word kind of stuff and that one did crazy good too uh called to steal the sun uh and uh, they're just fulfilling that, starting to fulfill that soon, I believe. There was a bit of a printing error, but they're going to start doing that. And then we did Raid 4 just recently, Klaatu, which was our the, the studio anthology where I think there was like 18 creators or something like that, if not more, wow. uh, all doing like little sh- short stories and short random awesome comics all put into one anth- book. And it's the fourth that Raid has done as a studio and we kickstarted raid four just literally a month before mine. So right before, like it's basically back ending off of cloud two. Um, so it's pretty busy and tired over at raid. I don't think we're going to do that anymore. It's a little much just kind of con- kickstarters take a lot out of you. But the point is, uh, that did really well too. Um, and like it did really well. I think it ended up like getting 60 K. So it was like funded by like 250% or something like that. So, or 300%. So, that's great. Um, that's so yeah. Good. It's great. So I mean, literally, I think like for doing our own publishing, that's pretty much going to be the model from now on. You know what I mean? Like, if you have an idea and, and you've got your baby and like, because every now we've got like I don't know how many people are at raid, right? But I mean, everybody in there generally has some kind of idea that they would like to put out there. You know, an IP of some kind. You know, so I think this it's going to be a busy time at raid, and then raid's also looking to expand out into. Like we're looking at other projects of publishing other people's stuff. So Ray Press has now become its own thing. Where now it's I was like just gonna not, ask necess- that. Yeah. not necessarily just our properties, but like yeah. com- people are saying, "Oh, can you publish our book?" Or we'll do a Kickstarter. That's so good, turn. right? So it's just it's expanding Raid and, and and all that kind of stuff. And it's just it's it's a great time to be there. It's a busy time, but it's a, it's a good time to be at Raid. It's becoming like an imprint, right? Mm. Without without forcing like when. Image became image. There was a thing like we're gonna make our own imprint and publish comics, but this was just a studio at first. Mm-hmm. And you know the networking and and the culture of being with studio mates always is something that you hear about, like stories that you hear old artists talk about. You know, going to Neil Adams continuity and people got work there. But now it's becoming a place where 
it's getting the reputation of putting out projects with its label on it and you're knowing that you're getting quality like it's a really good transition into the other side like it could be its own publishing comic brand mm-hmm. all on itself yeah. which is exciting yeah. because you get people doing things that they love that means something to them right and mm-hmm. i think that really changes um people always do their best work in the stuff that they've been thinking about forever yeah for sure for sure so that's cool for sure yep so what are you um with this success now do you ever think about continuing the adventures of of these these two little cute characters and and actually making almost like a bone universe like because i I like when the in the first volume when they start off on this adventure and you're going for three four pages Oh and, yeah, 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 and you start you mean, to be, you mean the monster when they go to Shady Vale and go to the Monster Land and all that stuff. Um, I talking about that section. I think I'm I'm in about the middle part of the book. Oh, okay, he, okay. But the way you paneled it starts to change from the original couple pages that were more simplified, mm. and you got your three yeah, panels. Yeah, yeah. Now you're 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 getting a little more creative, and yeah. um, you're starting to see their their world expand more and more, and you spend a little bit more time in certain settings. I'm like, I think that this. If this was an ongoing story where these guys just end up in these crazy adventures, almost like The Hobbit, but yeah, it's these yeah, two yeah. little guys and, and the elf's got like that superpower and they've got to always figure out things that they need to get out of situations. Like this is full of potential. Like do you think yeah, about yeah. continuing the book that way? Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? I mean I, I, I've been doing – I mean there's – I have enough material for a third book already. So right. there will there will be a part three uh, next year. Um, so, but as of that point, I will be probably about 10, maybe strips over. So I'll probably just put those all like up to the current thing in the third book. Right. Um, but at that point it's kind of like, you know, now I've got no content to put in cause I'm only doing one of these a week. Right. Right. So it would become a case of, I've been, I've been, I've been struggling with that. It's like, I know, I feel like I, if this ever ends, it'll be like a Calvin and Hobbes thing where it's just like one strip. It's like okay, goodbye, or they walk off into the sunset and that's it, right? It's not going to be a big farewell of like, you know, you know, 20 panels and pages of like yeah. people saying goodbye to each other and stuff. It'll just be like, a, you know, they kind of, it ends, you know? Um, but I've, I, about a, if you asked me this half a year ago, I'd say, yeah, I'm getting tired of it. I'm done. But now I'm kind of like, like I'm doing a whole noir arc right now. If you look online, you can actually, oh, by the way, anyone who wants to read these, you can read it all for free online. It's a web comic. It's at forestfieldcomic.com. And, uh, Good plug. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it basically like right now I'm in the middle of like I think the fifth or sixth in a, in a noir arc. So it's like Filbert as a detective and you know like uh, walking down the lonely streets at night, yeah. blah blah blah, like all that kind of stuff, right? And I'm having fun with that. And it's just kind of like he's telling a story. Like you don't know how why it's happening. It's just it just one day all of a sudden he was waking up in his in his in his uh, in his bed, and it's like he's already doing. So you, as a reader, you're kind of like is he telling this story or is it, are we going to a new universe or is it like right. whatever? But like, that's what I like doing with this comic. I just kind of like experimenting and like nothing has to make sense. It just kind of goes from week to week. Right. And through the volume of the content, like the amount that there is there, it's kind of like you said, then there's a kind of a world built, but I've never sat down and gone, Ooh, I want to go into this part of it. Now I want to, I want to like write ahead of time and go, okay, well now I'm going to go to the bubblegum land, you know, and do this and this and this and this. I've never done that. It's just kind of like, one-off story bits that are usually based on a joke of some kind. Sometimes it's a literally just going, I get an idea or I see something on TV. Like I can't remember one of my, I think it's in this book. Yeah, it's in this book. 
filbert just literally as a joke i think i'm i think i heard the term vacay or something like on instagram or something like i'm going on vacay or there was something some kind of thing about hashtag vacay <laughs> yeah yeah or something you know and I, I just literally did a strip where like filbert's walking past everyone saying sorry guys got to go on vacay and they're all they all just don't care but of course as filbert likes to make people think that <laughs> they care about what he's doing right so he's like no sorry guys can't talk gotta go i'm on vacay and then I literally turned that into like a – he ends up on a desert island and then it turned into Castaway. Right. I mean it was like this weird thing where he rode himself out into the middle of nowhere on a boat and then the <laughs> boat got lost and then he was just sitting on an island for like seven or eight strips. And it's about him like getting – he's hungry, he's eating sand and like it just got weird. Do you know? And then there's a twist. If people haven't read it, there's a twist at the end. And it's just kind of like – stuff like that happened. Like, and then sometimes I'll just be like, I just want to tell jokes today. So that's why like Filbert – especially in this volume and then into volume three, like I've done a bunch of strips where I like to do it because it's creative for me is to do like kind of like dad jokes or stand up. Like I've made him, he's thinks of himself as quite the stand up comedian. So I even started doing the first frame of the comic will be him standing on a stage with a mic and, you know, leaning on the mic stand and being like, all right, everybody, well, thanks for coming out tonight. And then literally there'll just be four panels of, you know, like, why did the turtle do this? You know, like, and it's like, I take jokes from the, I just go online and look up kid friendly jokes or dad jokes. And then like, you know, put them in if I, cause like a lot of times I'll go to animal jokes. So it's like saying, you know, an, an otter goes to a bar or whatever like this. So then I know what I'm drawing. It gives me something fun to do. Like I'm drawing a new character. I get to do a Got one-off it. thing. There's no, there's no like, you know, pressure. It's just kind of like, I think I've drawn like a, I think there was a koala joke at one point, you know, a lot, I did a whole section of llama jokes. Like it was just like fun for me to do that. So these don't even fit into the story. It's just like what you feel weekly content you know what i mean and, and so yeah I, I don't know if i even answered the question i've been rambling for so long i like i've told you the last three times i tend to ramble so uh, just that's put why me you're back the best, on track that, if you want me to that's why you're the best something. guest because it's <laughs> you i often like you pressure yourself i gotta come up with questions and i gotta make sure that i ask something that'll be oh that's a great question but when you have a good guest let them speak <laughs> let them ramble is let, probably well, a better term yeah but you you kind of <laughs> answered the question right I'm not saying that I'm not saying like, oh, you kind of did. I, I mean, like you actually did, because here I am wondering if you want to put it into like a, a story where almost like, what did they do before? Now I got to make sure I reference that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas what, how you're doing it, it's almost therapeutic to say, I just want to take these toys out and reposition them 100%. and have a little fun. Right. Yeah. And now, it, don't get me wrong. Like there is thought like, I mean, could there someday be a graphic novel, which is more of a you know, point A to point B story. Absolutely. There could, maybe I get to a point where I'm like, I want to tell a bigger thing with this. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I think part of the magic of what it is right now is just the kind of whimsical nature of, it's more about personalities and, and, and jokes. Like if yeah. I think about what, what my strips are about, it's, it, it's like just a mishap, like throwing things in, you know what I mean? And, but the main things that you get out of it is that Filbert is a narcissist. He's, you know, he's a lovable guy. He has a big heart, but he's always thinking about himself and he thinks his uh, shit don't stink and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's so much potential. And then you've got Thomas, who's just like the lovable sidekick who just, nothing's ever wrong. Like he's just happy to go along doing anything. I just likes to draw and eat stuff. You know what I mean? And then there's Benny who originally Benny, the bunny was made uh, as like kind of like a counterpoint to Filbert because I always had the trouble with, without like with Calvin Hobbes, like Hobbes talks to Calvin, right? So it's like, you can have those funny joke dialogue riffs, 
I kind of originally I thought it was gonna be really cool to have because of the personalities that Filbert is the big talker, boisterous, and Thomas is basically his best friend because by its very nature, he never says anything back to Filbert to argue with them or like basically Filbert can just say whatever he wants. You know what I mean? And it just it, it's a good relationship for him. You know what I mean? Um, but I found out creatively writing that after like twenty or thirty strips, you're kind of like, well, there's only so many times you can have Thomas like pull a trick on him or you know, whatever. And like, without having that back and forth banter, you know, it was, it was getting harder to do. So I started putting in characters that would kind of counter Filbert. Right. And Benny started as like, he, I think he was probably, I mean, Ollie came in as, as the silly dummy otter that can't swim. And that was his like little thing. But as far as like witty and trying to go back and forth with Filbert and just call him out on his stuff, I put Benny in originally, um, is the yellow bunny in the story. And uh, he was right around the time when they went to the monster world. So we ended up joining them on this journey through that whole thing. And so he was originally just a counterpoint to Filbert saying, listen, you're being a goofball and that's not the way to do things or whatever, Filbert. But as time has evolved, most I've, all the characters have come into it now technically do like I've kind of. You know, Gus will always counterpoint. He's the grumpy cat. He will counter Filbert. Stripes definitely, and, and Filbert don't get along. He's the red red uh, squirrel. They do not get along, those two. Um, so there's always somebody saying, oh, Filbert, you're oh, whatever, bud, like that kind of vibe. So then I started to push just randomly. Uh, Benny, through some strips, became more of like the, the nerdy, wants to teach you things guy. So he became like the science guy. Like I, I love space and, and things about the world around us and all that kind of stuff. Like I'm a big astrology nerd and stuff like that. Not astrology, no. Astronomy. Astronomy. I was going to say that you want to talk about science? Tyson. Yeah, what's his face? <laughs> he, he, would, he would punch me in the face right now. Neil deGrasse Tyson would punch me in the face. But no, I meant astronomy. Yeah. So, um, so, I mean, I think there was this couple of strips where, like, you know, Filbert will do things like, hey, do you know why it rains, Thomas? And he's like, it's because the two clouds are smashing together and, like, you know, bits fall off and that turns into rain. Ha, I told you so. And then Benny's like, nah, ah, ah, that's not actually how it is. And he'll... And I'll search the net for the actual definition of it, and he'll he'll say that. And so just that character completely evolved from what he was originally into more of like a kind of like that nice teacher on your Zoom call that's like, well, oh, you didn't quite understand the assignment, you know that 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 guy. Um, so yeah, it's just it's it's all it, they're all kind of getting their own kind of person. Well, they all have their own kind of personalities, and really that's what stands out in the strips more than what they're actually doing. It's more just kind of like the discussions between them and all that kind of stuff usually in some way filbert saying x and them saying proving him wrong because he's usually wrong right i the more i'm as i go through the book again because i I read the strip online but now i'm Mm -hmm. reading it through the book so it's brand new to me in a lot of ways and you see the all the potential for this to totally be an animated series because the characters are fun to look at like they're they're very um What's the, I can't think of the right word right now, but you have a sort of affection for them when you see okay. them, right? And then yeah, yeah. The, the humor, if, if the humor is written into it, it could all work for everything you're going for, especially with the little education point. It's like when you would watch um, um, Animaniacs or, right, right, right. or Tiny Toons. That, those were my Looney Tunes as yeah. a kid that were, for sure, yeah. know, that were contemporary. And yeah, yeah. Y- you had these sort of groups of of characters on those shows that they wouldn't necessarily crisscross, but they had like the good feathers and they all played Mm -hmm. like these little gangster uh, pigeons and, and they all had their own little, the personalities of them is what really made it work. And some people are great at plot and a whole, like, this is the story, 
but their characters, their character development isn't good. Like you don't Aren't get interesting, in, right? Right. So when you have interesting characters, everything they do, having lunch together now becomes entertaining. So I right, think right. you kind of created this little world, maybe not knowing that you were doing it, but in a real genius way, because it just uh-huh, was organic, I right? I appreciate it's it's so cool hearing you say that because it's like. You just made me kind of it. I love conversations like this because I love getting into the nitty gritty of why things are the way they are and why we think the way we do and stuff. And it's funny because what you're saying makes sense. Me was just haphazardly trying to put something down on the page and make it work. Uh, And it didn't really have to. That's the beauty of it. The reason why the strip even exists is because it didn't have to work. I was just putting it out there for, for someone's my enjoyment as much as anyone else's enjoyment that wanted to read the thing. So I, there was no pressure for it to be good or whatever. So, the what you, what you said was what again because I've now lost my track train of thought. But you said that the character character development, right? So I come from an animation background. I'm not a writer. Right. I'm not a you know like script scripting was never one of the things that I learned really to do you know anything like that. But I went to animation school, and I was all about character animation. I wanted to go to Disney originally. I wanted to animate for Disney. I wanted to do all that kind of stuff. I, I grew up on Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. Uh, Little Mermaid, that whole era, Lion King, that was like my, it, that's what literally changed my life and made me at around 14, 15 want to become an animator and do art for life. So I've always been focused on the character portion because I wanted to animate the beast or I wanted to do this and that. And that. So even in school, in animation school, I like didn't do well in, in the background classes like there was classes that were specifically called leo classes which was drawing the backgrounds the characters are on making those worlds doing you know like all like doing these design drawings uh for like you know like your stage and setting up how everything's you know gonna look and stuff like that and i I didn't do very well that i just didn't have the passion for it but the character stuff i did and so when it came to doing animation and animation is basically acting with a pencil I kind of, you know, like forced myself to to practice that kind of stuff and really kind of hone in on that. So you mentioning that and actually just recently talking to some editors that I've been working with and stuff like that, like doing, I was lucky enough to do stuff with uh, Scott Young actually on Marvel Comics since the last time we talked, which was uh, Giant Size Little Marvels for um, the Infinity uh, Comics app that they have out now, like that digital app that they have. We did a run of like eight digital strips of giant size little marbles. So Scotty's, you know, Scotty here uh, is a uh, marble babies based on those designs. Mm-hmm. And I was getting comments from from uh, editors and stuff like that about how like they're like, I love your expressions. Your expressions are amazing. Like this is so cool. Like some of the best I've seen. You know, you know, pat yourself on the back like that kind of stuff. Just like throwaway comments. But to me, it was crazy because I'm just like, I I that's just something that I comes naturally to me. And I'm not trying to be like brag about it, but that's just all I've ever focused on is that. Right. So something like, of course I can draw like a, a scared face or a, or a shocked face or a, you know, pissed off face, you know what I mean? But it's just nice to see that other people see that kind of coming through when I'm just kind of just putting it out there, you know, mm-hmm. in a sense it's, mm-hmm. it's, and so for you to say, going back to your point about you saying like the characters themselves are the thing that, stand out or just our personalities it kind of all makes sense because that's all i really worked on when i was coming up in the game right was doing character stuff so it, it not only just kind of gave me a nice little you know you know 
feeling of feeling good about myself. But at the same time, it also it, it just it was neat for me to kind of go. Yeah. So I guess it just this is comes from all the years of my practice. Yeah. And you're being able to see just that portion of it, because as even though to me, it seems like a small portion, like it's not good enough. Like it's only like I can't write well enough and I can't do this. And I my backgrounds are crap and all this kind of stuff. You're you you see the stuff that I love coming out on the page anyway. So. And I don't I think know if any of that made sense, but I think that's the key, though, right? Is like sometimes we put the pressure on ourselves, and I'm not. Look, you're you're a great artist, and like you said, the things that you've worked on, the things that you're passionate about, you poured your your heart and soul into it. So for you to be able to draw like at our um, sketch duel when you did like that baby shredder, but made oh, it yeah, still yeah, look yeah. cool, like that's just what you do. Like you're good at it. Why not yeah, do thanks, it? Man. But so you you're getting the the reward for your hard work because you you're it's good work but it also helps people to i think if they're listening to this is like if you know what it is you're good at and you enjoy doing it do it because you just enjoy doing it and something could come out of it somewhere Mm -hmm. down not everything's going to be a winner you're going to have stinkers you know no for sure but it's you're still it, you, at some point in time, you got to tap into those things that do come natural to you. Not that you shouldn't challenge yourself or you shouldn't try mm-hmm. to get a new skill, but when you know that you're good at something, like that's that's kind of a gift that the universe gave you. Like, use it. Right. And a lot of people. No, I agree. I agree with that. But at the same time, I'm like, I'd even go a step farther back and say, it's not like I was good at those things. I just wanted those things, right? So I mean, that's, through that's repetition, true. through rep, through reps and practice, I kind that's of it. got to a point where people see like see i'm just it's just weird like i'm this this is sounding really weird i'm not at all trying to say oh i'm so good at facial expressions that's not true what i'm saying is i didn't even think that that was something that people noticed about my work but it's just funny how recently there have been multiple people in the industry professionals that are like oh your expressions are good do you know what i mean where but that that's just probably and i'm saying it probably comes from the fact that that's all i focused on when i was you know because i was that's just what interested me like that was just what i really love to do was do that kind of stuff so it, it's what I'm trying to say, and this is what I always say in panels, and I believe you were there when I said it in a panel, was that do, like your reps, people will always ask me, like, how do you get better drawing? Like, what brush do you use and all this kind of stuff? And it's funny because I used to ask those same questions when I was coming in, right, to the game. Like, you, you see you're, you're somebody you admire and you're like, or a professional working in the field, and you're like, they, what do they do because I want to mimic it? To, or there must be a secret thing. And for me, I'm the, I like the fact that I'm able to say, like, I'm, like, the everyman of art. Like, I'm not, like, the super talent that, you know, is, is blowing away the industry, right? But I've made a comfortable career in art doing what I love to do. And that comes from, like, just reps, like, drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing. I mean, if I look at stuff I did, like, even when I got back into the game of illustrating, like, like doing uh, freelance work, like, eight years ago, ugh, you know what I mean? But I just you just keep going and you just you keep getting better through repetition. It's it's a it's a learned skill, uh, drawing. Like it's a technical skill. Like if you do it over and over again with guidance, like you you know, like if you're learning online or you're going to school or you're just doing it yourself, I mean, your own drive is gonna dictate how 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 well you do in the end. The point is, just like playing guitar or, you know, knitting or whatever like any kind of those physical practice talents you will get better at the more you do it it just is what it is i I didn't grow up with like a an amazing skill at drawing i did it because my dad drew and i loved it and i wanted to do it too you know so and yeah and that's 
that's exactly it. If you enjoy it, embrace mm-hmm. it. Embrace that thing that you enjoy and it won't feel like torturous practice. But sometimes those moments where you felt like, man, I suck, you realize that you, you're way better than when you started. And I just, it's even like with the podcasting, right? People say, what's your end game? I don't got one. I just do it because I like it. And I've yeah, had really too. great conversations, but it doesn't make me money. It's not, but there's a lot of times where you find yourself places, like even going to the raid party after mm-hmm. the, um, or the art show, the art gallery there that they yeah, just yeah. had. I wouldn't have ever been in that room with all of these Eisner winning and comic book artists that I buy books from if I didn't start the podcast. It's strange. It like it's not, it didn't make me any physical cash. Yeah, but you're in the world that you're a part of the world that you love, right? Who knows where that can go, right? Exactly. I mean, who knows? Who knows? But you have yeah. to just do what it is that you like in the first place. Just because exactly. you like it. And before you know it, it's like, oh, wow. I didn't ever think that would happen. And Exactly. I think that I, I really, I'm not just saying this to blow smoke up your ass. I really do see the this property being something. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it a lot. A lot of the a lot of the things coming out of raid, like I even tell Shane, like I can really see Morris if he if he puts more into the finishing the next volume of it because I know it's a big undertaking what he has planned. Yeah. But I feel like it'll it'll definitely, um, people will grab onto it. I don't know mm-hmm. why. You just can see when people are doing something they like. It's unique. Like I know what that is. It's iconic already. Yeah. 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 For sure. Sorry, I interrupted sure. you. You were gonna say something. No, not you didn't. No, I was just listening to you talk. I was gonna say like, yeah, like you've got. I know I've mentioned this before, but I mean like you clearly you can tell you have a passion for what you do. Uh, you've got a good voice for. for I podcasts. have a horrible like, voice. I hate my no, voice. Not true, man. Like I'm telling you from just like like I could sit and listen to you talk all the time. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's because I have a man crush. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you've got a good voice for this, and I bet you your listeners. Shout out to this guy if you're listening right now. Let him know because I, I think that you'll find that people agree. You've just you've got a good voice for it. You've got you, you 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 have a you're a gift of gab, if you will. You're good at conversation. It's not easy to to host stuff and and to push people in directions when it comes to it's like it's not like you anyone can just sit down and interview someone and it sounds good because I've been on some that aren't. You know what I mean? And so it's yeah, it's 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 a it's a good thing, and I think that this goes back to what we were saying is that if you love what you do, basically to, to move anywhere, like in say, for example, like in any kind of career, like I would, I'm just going to use, you know, the comic industry or like, you know, Hollywood or something like that. Right. You have to be put into situations where you have a chance to be noticed or succeed or grow your career. Right. 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 And you're only going to do get those uh, get noticed or get seen or whatever or get into those events or whatever that by just constantly doing something in that field and as human beings we don't like to do things we don't like to do right yeah Yeah. so if you don't actually like to do it like you'll notice anytime somebody gets up anywhere it's because they've loved doing what that specific thing yeah they love playing music so they literally play music all day every day put put a couple of things up on youtube and all of a sudden oh somebody notices how great they are you put you mix a little viral magic in there. They, they they're smart and they say let's play the latest Adele song, right? Right. Tap into those hits. Boom! All of a sudden it's like wow, this person can really sing an Adele song, right? But say me going, I would love to be an, a a great singer, right? I'm I'm not as motivated. I don't bother doing it. I haven't spent the 15 years before getting good at the craft. I try and go play a song. It sounds like crap. Nobody gives a shit, right? Like that's just 
it's you know it's it, you really have to love what you're doing to make yourself available for those situations when some like just by doing the craft that you love yeah somebody's going to take notice and at some point like for example like you to me like just sitting at fan uh fan expo just recently it really seemed like i don't know if it was true or not but it seemed like you were kind of becoming a voice at that con in the sense of like you are doing interviews with people and you are you know, I mean, like you're hosting panels and you're, you know, like walking around and schmoozing and like people know who you are. So that's the outside <laughs> of view I got. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's the outside view I got. So that's, but that's perception, right? Right. So right. it's like, who knows that, like, say next time you do three more panels and then you become known as the panel guy. And yeah. then some other place goes, oh, this is Cave of Solitude's, you know, Eric Anthony and, you know, oh, we want him to host our whole gala event or something. You never know what can happen. It's, you know, what's funny, like I'm hearing you, um, you know, say, say all these Spit kind the things, right? Spit no, the truth out there. no, no. You're saying these kind things that you're like, oh man, this guy's really stroking my ego. This is so great. But to be honest with you, you sometimes have to sit back and think to yourself, well, where does this thing start? And then people like people say, oh, like you're hosting panels. It. The truth is, I made friends with Kevin Boyd. It's the kind that like Kevin's generous enough to say, hey, you you can come and and hang out. And I've met enough of you guys to know yeah. that. Certain people would be like, yeah, yeah, he's he's legit to talk to us, you know. But, but you're right. But that's the point, right? Is that yeah. is that that's you're doing what you like. You're making yourself. Um, it's not. I don't even want to host all the panels. Like I want to be the top no, guy. Man. But it's more no. the fact that I'm doing it was what yeah. I like. I I used to look at Fearless Fred. I used okay. to love how he hosted panels, and obviously he's good at it because that's his job. But mm-hmm. I wanted to get into radio broadcasting when I finished school i didn't plan on being a construction worker at all but Mm -hmm. i i looked at him and like he does it well because he interacts with the people but he's also getting good content out of the people that are up here and the and along the way right when you're in any sort of creative pursuit you got to look for and be honest with your own with yourself but you also got to say like what needs to be tuned up what can be better and shane gave me great advice about interviewing not that he said oh this is what you should do it was just the best interviewers aren't worried about the question they want answered because sometimes the question they've been dying to ask is really boring to hear. <laughs> so if you end up talking to whoever it is, a, you know, a rock star, an actor, a comedian, athlete, and suddenly they get on the topic of you didn't know that they loved barbecuing. Suddenly, mm-hmm. hearing LeBron James talk about barbecuing is so much more interesting than hearing him Absolutely. just take jump shot practice. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, for sure. The real person comes out. So, yeah, that's that's the only I have. You know, when you talk to a person, it's like someone like yourself. It's good. The exchange, mm-hmm. it's uh, it makes the whole conversation worth it. I guess you can say. Um, I had a I had a question in mind, and then I lost <laughs> it, and I'm kicking myself because it was kind I of. Had it. And I lost yeah, it. this is it. This is it. What is something? Because you mentioned it while you were talking about being a singer. So you're you're an artist. That's that's your profession. But what is something that you, if you had a little more time, like I would love to give this a shot. Like I, oh, learning, do you have oh, something like that? Oh, this is embarrassing. Yeah, it's it's singing and playing music. That's not <laughs> like embarrassing. Just, no, I know. Just because I made the whole thing about how I'm crap at it, and like you know. But yeah, it's it is it's I, for me, playing music. I this is a perfect example as to how on a, on a razor's edge my 
passion and practice kind of come together, right? Mm -hmm. So with art, first, I guess I was a kid and I didn't know any better. You know what I mean? I just loved to do it. And it was always in my mind that I wanted to be an artist. And then once I got the hooks into me about being a Disney animator, I was very dedicated. It was around 19 years old. I went to, when I got to Sheridan, so I was very focused. I didn't go drinking. I didn't, I was, you know, bubble. So that, during those years, I really focused on drawing and, and, and my passion for the, for the industry. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, as most artists are, there's that drive of not being good enough, the imposter syndrome and on, in good proper doses, you got to find that dosage where you don't give up on yourself or on your dream, quote unquote, you keep pushing to get better. That's right. Right? And that's like you need to have that drive of, oh, I'm not good enough. This is not good. Throw it, ball it up and throw it away. To, but you have to be able to push you into the next thing of wanting to get better and wanting to get better. Now, there is a dose of that where it gets too strong where you, you can give up. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, I feel like I picked up music probably, like I think I rented a, my first guitar at like 30 because like I was at, I just, I'd always kind of thought, like I remember somebody when I was like 19 played free falling at a campfire and I was like, that's the coolest <laughs> thing I want to learn it. Hurt my, <laughs> my fingers bled because I tried playing his and I was like, oh, no way, it's too hard, done, right? Fast forward 20, 10 years and it's, I'm 30 and I was at a, a job in St. Catherine or a video game studio in St. Catharines where I live and a guy there knew how to play guitar and he's like, oh, I can show you sometime. And so I went and rented a guitar and I've been playing guitar ever since. But at that age, I'd kind of, you know, like I, I didn't have the time to invest in it as much as I loved it. And it's like, I will say this, bar none, like when I'm in a groove with it, singing or, or songwriting more and more than anything or playing like a, just like a couple chords and getting like a melody down or something like that, I will get that same feeling I got when I was a kid drawing at the table, like when I was a kid. So it's that really giddy feeling that, even drawing now doesn't give me anymore. And I think we touched on this probably at one of your previous shows that like as much as this is like a career that I love to death and I would never do anything but draw for a living, right? Like it's, it's what I love. Mm-hmm. It has to some degree, you know, taken that polish off yeah. of doing art for fun, right? It's, it's a job, right? right? Yes. So I do get joy out of it in the sense of like, I think I technically, usually it's technical, technical things that make me happy with something. Like I like how I handled this pose or the hand looks really good in this one, or I've gotten better at drawing, you know, this, this expression or whatever like that, as opposed to just loving sitting down and drawing, you know, battle chasers and stuff like that when I was a kid, you know? Um, so for me now, music is that. So when, when I get into a groove with it, you know, I'll be, I'll, I'll just get that feel. I'll stay up till three in the morning doing it, you know, that kind of stuff. That's awesome. But the problem is, yeah, I say this all the time. Like, my vocal range is very limited. I did vocal singing lessons for like a year and a half. Really? Right. For you. And I got, I got, yeah, I got better. Right. But at the same time, like, and I was practicing probably two, three times a week. I was going out on walks and doing my exercises, da, 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 like all that kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> but I mean, and even then I wasn't, obviously if I really wanted to do it, I should be doing it every day. I should right. be doing this and that. Right. 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 So, I mean, I did increase my range. I mean, by the end of sitting with my teacher, it was always frustrating because I was always just not good enough for myself and I wanted to be better and we get to a point where she's she did the piano thing and i'd gone up like maybe three tones or whatever the term is right for like i'd actually increase my range by x right but it still wasn't good enough for me like i couldn't do like i find nowadays in music too like i do a lot of like acoustic kind of ballady stuff right that's just my jam like ed sheeran kind of stuff whatever so if 
like I can usually do verses in my range, but the mm. second it goes into the chorus, yeah, when yeah. you're supposed to go up that octave, I can't do it, right? Or at least however many tones up that is to get into that changing up the, the feel of the song. So I just, I get frustrated and I stop. So I, I never put in that effort. Right. To get over that required, hump. That is required to get into the, yeah, past the hump and into the good stuff, right? So as much as it's, that's what I mean. It's kind of like I have too much of that negative dosage in my brain for doing that that stops yeah. me from practicing. It almost stops me from playing because I'll go, I, I'm not, not going to get anywhere with that today. Why would yeah. I pick it up? You know, which it was just sad. It's sad because, like, I love to do it. And when I get into, like I said, when I get into a groove with it, sometimes a mood will hit and I'll stay up until four in the morning doing stuff. So, but yeah, that is something that if I had nothing else to do, you know, I had all the money I could, like, I, I'm comfortable money-wise, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm just kind of sitting on a yacht somewhere. I would, I would definitely, <laughs> I would definitely get more into music because it's the one thing that gives me that kind of kid, kid-like joy that I had back in the day. Maybe Thomas and Filbert will get you that yacht. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe someday. Hey, I, I totally get it, man. Because all of the things that I was passionate about and wanted to do, I, I made a little attempts at when I was young, and I didn't go with it because I just felt again, there's that imposter syndrome and. You can't, mm-hmm. that's not a reality, but, um, yeah, music, you know, I want, it sound people, every time I say it out loud, it's like, really? But yeah, I love to rap. I know. I remember we talked the first time we talked, you talked about your, your hip hop, uh, yeah. And, space. and there was, there was times where I'm like, you suck. Like there's, there's nothing about what you do. Your voice sucks. Like you think you're good, but you, it's again, classic imposter syndrome, but then when you step away from it and you just love something, you can't help yourself. Yeah. You just go back to it. Right. Yeah. You and that's the beauty yourself. of it. And that's when, and that's when I, th- <sighs> this is something that I've kind of, and I barely like any, I, I've recorded, like I'm a lucky guy too. Cause like my stepdad is actually, I think we mentioned this. He is a, um, like a, a music producer guy. Like he, he has the whole switchboard. He does, he arranges music. He has recording studio, all that kind of stuff. So I, over the years I've been able to go and I've recorded like th- two songs. I'm on my third. I'm actually, actually lucky enough to go in this weekend and do it too. like finish cool. up a song. But it's like, um, when I, I don't let people hear it. Like I've heard, I've let maybe a handful of people hear anything I've done. Yeah. Right. It's just like that fear of just being garbage and not being good enough. And I'm getting to the point now where it's kind of like, I'm just like, Oh, whatever. Here's a cover I did or whatever. Just like, you know, it's not great. I'm still, I'm still that guy who says it's not great. You know, take a listen. But more often than not, people are like, yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, like they're not saying you're the next Ed Sheeran, which I'm not expecting them to say, Right. but they're like, Oh, that was just cool, man. And I think as long, I think what it comes down to is like, it's it's surprising how much your attitude matters, and this goes to probably anything. But it's like, and you don't want ego, but you want confidence in what you do, because if you go into a situation confidently, like if I played the song for people, like I just kept say I let hundred people listen to this song, right? And I said, yo, here here's a track that I made. Let me know what you think or whatever like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would say I would guess based on my experience that a large, a decent number of them, probably more than I think, would say, oh, it's decent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I always go in by devaluing it by saying it's shit, don't, you know, like, I'm new, you know, get cut and slack, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's amazing how much, like, from the outside looking in, you don't realize what people just see you as not with all the negative things that you see in yourself. They see just what you're presenting to them, right? So if, if I just, like, like, oh, I've, I've recorded three songs and I play a guitar and whatever like that. And they see that, like, 
nine times out of 10, they're not going to be, unless they're mean people, they're not going to be like, oh, you're garbage. You're like these internet trolls that are going to, you know, like I wouldn't put myself out there for that. But I mean, just random people, it's, I'm not terrible. It's more on my end that I'm thinking that yeah. I'm bad and I'm not, you know, good at what I do. And you so want to look about, back at stuff and be like, man, that was bad, but it was good enough for me to keep going. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So if you love doing it, it's just like, God, see, this is what I'm saying. Like, I just went way off of you. Thanks for bringing that back because I know that's what we were talking about. But yeah, just being able to kind of push yourself in that direction just comes from the love of doing it. Yeah. And you can't help but get better. And, uh, and you're probably not as bad as you think. It's probably the very short answer to what I just gave at 20 minutes. No, but it's, it's, uh, it's about the that you know how it is it's about the we do we go on those tangents we, we stretch, stretch it, it out we stretch yeah. it out <laughs> you have to right that otherwise stretch it'd be like it you know i i always tell this i shouldn't tell it again but i don't know if i shared it with you but there was a time when me and martin you know martin right slam duncan mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where we met uh michael golden at a at a con and we wanted to interview him and he was such a cool guy to talk to giving us all this inside baseball information about stuff he worked on and then when we turned on the mic he became like one word answers like he was trolling oh, us oh yeah but there's no worse type of conversation to have with someone They're like, yep, well, this is what we did. And yeah, it's like, okay. No, that's true. Like sports uh, athletes are yeah. probably notorious for that, right? Yeah. Yeah, we played a good game, a hard hustle up and down the ice uh, for 24 minutes. And uh, yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. And we gave it 110%. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we just got to yeah. bring it back. And uh, <laughs> there's a lot of and Bless them, though. Those. Bless them, though. They, they, they got, they're, they're good at one thing. Some, they're not all great at the other thing. But yeah, <laughs> no, I just, I tend to ramble. So that's okay. Yeah, if, that, if that comes across as good, then, then we're good. But it's, it's more interesting to hear people have engaging conversation. But another thing that I always wanted to, uh, in my in my fantasy mind of what I would love to be able to have done earlier or tried it, just mm-hmm. tried it, would have loved to try stand up comedy. Oh, nice! And I know people listening might be like, "You're not funny," but That's I would have. True. I would have. Have you liked... tried to be like super funny before? Like, I, you've got charm, you've got charisma. I could see you being able to do that if you wanted to. To be honest with you, most of my friends do say that I'm funny. Yeah. So I didn't. It's not me saying like, "Oh, I think I am." I make oh, my I wife like my I tr- there's certain people where if I can get that person to like my best friend from high school I admire him so much as a, as a writer, as a rapper, as just a person who can put together and has a good taste for music, right? Mm-hmm. When he so if he says something I rank it higher. Right. Just because he was also early. You know when you got that friend Yeah, I like, know, yeah, yeah, for sure. For so sure. You he, take his opinion to heart yeah. that's the one for me that matters if you think that's yeah. good then it has to be good so when yeah, yeah, yeah. when he agreed to make um an album together yeah and he was like i love this verse or i love when you said that Dude. or those yeah. type of things are like if he says it that's good so in the, in the case of humor my wife has a really like sh- she loves comedy but if you yeah. can, if i can make her laugh yeah i know that like okay and yeah, of course, you know course. your your lady should find you funny. But I would have. I just love the community of of stand up comics. Oh man! Like, believe me, if I if I had the guts to do that, I would too. I mean, that's another thing too. Like, a big thing for me with music too is, I mean, barring the fact that I'm technically not able to do it, but I mean, I do. I will say the few times that I've, and this is stand up, uh, having um, not stand up, but like being on stage any kind of state, like I have big time stage fright, like speeches when I was a kid, 
uh, I have done a couple of music things with my sister and stuff of that where I play guitar for her on stage with in front of some people. You know, just anytime I go up on stage or I have to talk in front of people, I'm learning more and more as an adult. I do really like that buzz of the kind of entertainment buzz. Yeah. How, which is why I like doing the pot, the panels and that now. Like they used to stress me out. Now I just go up and have a great time doing them. So yeah. I do like the – that doesn't get – it's not the same kind of thing. But I mean like I, that – the point, my point is that would have scared me before to the point where I, I'd be like all nervous about it. But now I'm just kind of like, whatever. Um, but I do, I do realize that that is a thing like that adrenaline you get from performing or being up in front of people is, is a real thing. And it's almost like the problem for me was, is that I'd always be so scared while I'm up there that you only get that feeling when you're off and you're like, no, let me back up. I want to go. Now I feel good. Let me go up and do it again. You yeah. Know yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I totally get why the allure of, like, stand-up comedy or, like, where you're, like, entertaining people and, and like, ugh, man, I totally get it, dude. Like, I honestly think you should. I Actually, I, do you, if you I, – I don't know why we didn't, I didn't get to hear your music last time. Maybe you didn't have it or didn't want me to or I didn't ask for no, it. No, it's can online. I, you can listen to it. Is it? Okay, cool. I Make sure you send me a link. I want to listen to it because I think yeah, yeah. it's probably a case where, like, you're hard on yourself. And like you said, if your buddy is like, no, dude, this is good. But it, that's, the, that's the thing. You should be a little hard on yourself all the time, yes. right? Even if yeah. you even if you hear, you know, the, the audience laughing at your joke or even if people come up to you and saying, you know, I love your art, whatever it is, you, you're still areas for you to – you got you have to know, like, that part of it could have been better, though. You don't see it. I'm happy you like it, but that part could be better. I know how I can fix that later. So Yeah, but that, you that's the problem, though. That's yeah, the, that's yeah. the problem. It's it's balancing, and it's something that I'm learning in my career, right? Like I used to any compliment that would come at me, I would di- like smile and nod, but dismiss it in my heart. Like I would just be like, no, and I'm terrible. I'm not as good as this person. I'm not as good as this person, and all that stuff that we all deal with. Uh, like, but the you're not you're doing yourself a disservice by doing that, right? It took me a long time to go and to accept people's compliments as outsider view on something. I think the problem is this. I'll relate it back to art, but like, you only whenever I'm drawing something, it's like I'm comp- comparing myself to colleagues, people at, yeah, of yeah, my yeah, level yeah. or higher in or or lower in the industry. Yeah. Right. So, but what I didn't realize, and Scott Young is actually the one who kind of I don't know if he actually said these words or just kind of made me realize, was that your average people that aren't in this industry or whatever industry we're discussing music acting whatever they they aren't they don't know these intricacies that you're freaking out about right like i'm worrying about like oh that gesture isn't perfect the lines here are kind of kiss it's got tangents going on all these things going on your average person if they just see a finished piece is going to either like it or not like it and more often than not be like they're going to use the term i i can't draw a stick person your art is amazing right <laughs> And you have to realize that, like, like I used, whereas I used to dismiss that yeah. as, like, well, you're, you don't have the right to say – I mean, sorry, I don't uh, appreciate your opinion because it's not my colleague saying it. Like, you, you kind of go, no, this is a person who genuinely likes your, like, art and they can't do that. So it is okay to accept that as praise. That's the magic, I mean? like though, of being a creator, right? Is that exactly. the magic being someone who creates, writes, performs, whatever it is, is that you have to fool the people who you're – giving it to it sounds stupid but they a person who writes songs and knows structure and all the sciences behind it might look at him that's not a well-written song those are basic Mm -hmm. chords but the person who wrote the song says yeah i know but i also wanted everyone to repeat it that's the point Mm -hmm. 
So if you yeah. can get the audience to sing along with you, like I, I'm yeah, pretty sure Noel Gallagher thinks he's the best songwriter in the world because people who like Oasis sing along to it at the top of their lungs. That's the charm of it. Same with like yeah. Nirvana. But is it as technical as Tool? Probably not. Not even right. close, right? But right. the people who know how to break it down, yeah, you appreciate that. But at the same time, you're not trying to compete with Jim Lee. Yeah. It would ruin what you're doing. If right. Jim Lee but whereas I, I was back when I was younger, right? Right. So I think, it, again, it all comes down to you You want – this is based on what you said about the stand-up and, and you know, like always – wanting to fix something or whatever because that's true i think just in anything in the world what pushes you to get better is a weird kind of sadistic that little dose of negativity in your brain that yeah. says no it's not good enough yeah. that's what pushes people to go forward the, the battle you spend your entire life doing is trying to figure out that dosage so that you can actually enjoy your successes because it's so easy to not think you have any successes going on and think yeah. they're never any good whereas the outside world is seeing your stuff as successful and right. you're not, and you're only hurting yourself. You're only doing yourself a disservice by not accepting the happiness that comes from doing something right. well or decently well. Right. So it's like, it's, it's, it's finding that, that balance where I think that everybody, I mean, where, I mean, I'm getting to now in the sense where I can finally start letting some things go and, and say, you know, wow. Okay. Uh, thank you. This does feel, that does feel nice for you to say. And, and you start hearing these stories about how like, Oh, I read this comic and I really, really liked it. And you're so great. And you're just like heartwarming stuff. Right. Whereas before I used to have a blind eye to that because I didn't think I was good enough to, to warrant that kind of praise. And, uh, yeah, but it, you're, I mean, you do always have to, I mean, you're not going to get any better if you don't if you think your shit don't stink, you're not going to get any better, yeah, yeah. right? So it's like that's when you get stagnant. And that's when usually you say things like properties or comedy or actors or painters or whatever. Your work or your music becomes meh is when they're bored with it or they're not, they don't have that drive. They don't have that hunger, right? Or fighters lose. Yeah. They don't have the, the hunger, right? It's It's not there. And so there's definitely a fine line of finding your sweet spot where it's like you've got enough drive to push you to get better while still being able to enjoy the fruits of your labor. Yeah. And Do you I know think, what I'm saying? I think that fine line, and I'm, uh, yeah, that fine line is what people kind of are addicted to. Oh, for sure. Because for sure. If, you, the, if you can get in that pocket, man, that's when you're your happiest. As a creative person, that's when you're your happiest because it's like you love what you're doing, you're not stressing out about it, and at the same time you're finding success in it. And uh, I can't imagine – anything better than that, to be honest with you. I don't know I flirted with that at times in my career and stuff like that in my life in general, because it doesn't just, doesn't just, that whole mentality isn't just creative stuff. It's life, right? Like yeah. uh, when things are going well and, and, and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's a great feeling, you know? So, but even, even in, in the case of like, as a creative people or just human beings, right? That, that thing of knowing that you have to balance this a straddle this fine line because there's going to be those dark moments that make you doubt yourself but you get out of it and then you get that person saying hey i really appreciate such and such and that keeps you going and then again you got to say what can i have done better like could that line have been better should that that facial expression body like whatever it is you're working on and yep. it keeps you keep going back and forth because then the next time you're going to get it like ah got it and being able to do the ah got it will come second nature but the challenge is what i read in a you know that book um the art of not giving a, a fuck 
It's a famous. I've heard of it. I, I don't read much, so I, okay. the chances of me reading it okay. are very nil. But yeah. But I I think it was in that book where the author had basically said like could be misquoting it. Don't quote me on it. But that where the the point of what makes us happiest is having a problem to solve. And and your brain having that it's like Tetris. That's why Tetris was the yeah, perfect that game. Yeah, makes sense. Because it doesn't yeah, end. Sense. But you want to keep it going and solving the the pro like when you get into a jam in Tetris and getting your way out of it is more satisfying than just everything being perfect, right? That's true. Yeah. And and that was the addictive part of the game. Like he designed it so that you just had to keep playing it even after you died because your brain is actually exercising itself and it feels it's like a word search or people doing Wordle. For like sure. They can't stop. Yeah. No. I think I think like as human beings, like what makes us us is that we're emotional and critical thinkers like we yes we like that's what's you know like that it's just it is what makes human beings human beings so i completely understand what you're saying i i makes complete sense to me for yeah. sure yeah um yeah I, you know what that's a perfect place to end it that's perfect <laughs> Wow, that's that perfect. Dope. Yeah, I don't. I, I how can you get it better than? I mean, we could keep talking, but that's perfect. Thank you, dude, for uh, for your time, and I'm really happy for the success of the second volume. That's great. Thank you, my guy. Thank you, my guy. Dude, anytime. I love chatting with you. As you know, we can do chats about anything. I mean, if people are liking these these conversations, by all means. I mean, and even if they don't, I enjoy talking to you anyway. So it's all good. But um, yeah, no, by all means. You know what again. I just remembered before we before we uh, end the recording is yeah, yeah. at the show when when we did the sketch duel, someone came up to you right at the end. This oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. this lady, her I think her name was Johanna, and she had come up to me. She she was a fan of yours, I think, asking yeah. about the second volume. Do you remember that? Um. Yes. It was it the girl that the woman that stayed. She's kind of tall. She yeah. had blonde hair. She yes. stayed about. She yeah. Basically, she's she is a fan of the the comic strip. Um. Uh. I met her at the the fan expo in September of last year. Okay. And she actually showed up with a Bravo Man book, which is like, they're they're you can't find them much anymore. I did a web comic for Bandai Namco uh, eight years ago that we'd, we'd, we'd produced through their, their site and all this kind of stuff called Shifty Look. And it was basically a promotional tool for Bandai Namco trying to break into North American web comics and all that kind of stuff with retro uh, versions of their games turned into web series. And so I did one and, and we ended up doing like 300 of the comic and it was probably one of the more popular ones on, on this, the site. And uh, Udon ended up printing the first volume of like the first 120 of them or something like that. And uh, we never got around because the, the Bandai pulled the rights and they shut the whole thing down because it was obviously showing not successful numbers or whatever it was, right? So we never got to do the final book. Point is, I think they printed about two or 3,000 of these Bravo Mans and uh, eventually they ended up going into, I think they they ended up eventually selling because they went into like libraries in the States and all that kind of stuff. But um, anyway, the point is, it's hard to get a hold of one of these books. This uh, This woman shows up at my desk holding a copy of Bravo. I took a picture of it because anytime I see Bravo, man, I'm like, wow, that's a throwback. And I signed her book for her and stuff like that. And she's been following me since and she got the first Forest Folk and and she was excited for two. And so she came to the show and came to my table before that, uh, before we did our panel. Yeah. She had seen me that weekend before we did her panel. And I had done just a random sketch during the day uh, kind of promoting the fact that I was at the con and it was a Filbert because it's during my noir section of the Filbert. So I did him kind of in his yeah. – it was a black and white drawing and all that kind of stuff. And it was just sitting on my table and she she was like looking down talking to me or whatever. She said something about 
she saw that because I, I I didn't actually do a comic that week. I, I cheesed out, and it's probably one of the five times in my in, in the past six years I didn't actually post something on a Saturday. And uh, she called me out on it. She said I was looking at my t- my Tumblr this morning and it didn't show up. What? Oh you know? wow! And and I was like, oh, I, I was like, you know what? Because you you called me out on that, I appreciate that. You're, you you really are watching. So I actually gave her that drawing. Like I just signed it and gave it to her, and her eyes Very were like. Cool. Right, like they just blew up. Right, that you could tell that was a huge moment for her, and uh, cool. so yeah, she was actually at that that moment. She was she was just wanting to thank me because I had to run off and do something. So so she oh. basically was just staying there. She wanted to thank me for that piece and that it meant the world to her. And she framed it. She sent me a picture, a DM uh, later oh, that weekend great. that had her. She'd framed it and put it like right by her door as she goes out every day and stuff like that. So yeah. And there was actually at the end of that panel, there were a couple people that came up and were asking me questions and that, that said some things that were really kind of heartwarming. And uh, it was it was it's always nice to kind of have moments like that where, you know, like I'm a nobody in the world of comics, but at the same time, my story can help. Or you know, at these panels, there's at least one or two kids that come up to me and go, "Wow, thank you so much for what you said. That meant a lot." And I think it comes down to the fact that I'm your everyman. Yeah, you know, every every person in in in, in art like. I, I tell, always end up somehow managing to tell my story about the fact that, like, I'm not this savant uh, by any means. I didn't, you know, I have friends that are naturally just much more talented than me, but I just love doing it. So if you love doing it, you can also do it. And I think yeah. that resonates with a lot of people, you know what I mean? So uh, it was really cute. And I think a lot of people were coming up and asking me questions about pens and pencils and what am I using to do my shredder and all that kind of stuff. And it was just really cute. Um but yeah, no, that was a great panel. I had a great time too. I remember leaving that panel feeling like a million bucks, and I remember because it was the last thing of the day. Yeah. And at a con, you're always tired. You always feel like crap, and, and it's a long day, bad back, the chairs are terrible, all that stuff. But I remember leaving that panel feeling like a million bucks, and uh, it was a testament to uh, you keeping the ball rolling, oh. uh, the good conversation. I the called were Eric fun Vetter, to do. Eddie Vetter, like that was the best. Actually, <laughs> I think I don't think you're the first to do that. To be honest, no, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. It, I've known that guy for a long time. The name can't be closer, really, when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, Eric Vetter, Eddie Vetter. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. it's pretty close. But, you know, <laughs> shout out to, I think her name was Johanna. If I got your name wrong, I apologize. I think but it she, is Johanna, too, yeah. But she so. was very kind to me as well. She says, oh, I, I enjoy your show. And I said, uh, which one? I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, your podcast. She goes, I listen. Sorry, I keep hanging awesome. the table. And I didn't, I couldn't believe that. She had listened to episodes, so you never know yeah. who's listening, right? Like that's a, she. I feel like I feel that like that makes complete sense because I feel she's very into even the com- small conversations I've had with her. She's very into like local, the local scene, you know, supporting local art, local artists. Lo- you wow. know what I mean? Like she's that's very really cool. Big shout yeah, out to her if she's listening. Yeah, she's a absolutely. fan of yours, so she might listen to this yeah. episode. I know her by Nani on. Uh, I believe she calls herself at Nani on. Uh, oh, sorry, I shouldn't say that. Ooh, never mind. It's in <laughs> some form of Nani um, <laughs> on Instagram, and that's how I know her. But I think it is Johanna. Yes. So I'm sorry if uh, if you now get a million DMs. That's probably my fault. But uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, that's a great place to to end then. Thank you, Dax. I appreciate it. Always, always a pleasure, dude. We should uh, do this in person soon absolutely yeah i get together again i had a blast hanging out with you at the con for for the very short amount of time we get did and uh yeah man i love doing this stuff with you eric and anytime i wish you success with the podcast thank you and uh, make sure you send it to me when, when it's linked up so i can link it around so let other people hear your m- melodious voice and uh, <laughs> i definitely send me a drop me a note here drop me a line in the, in the chat here i want to uh to your soundcloud or wherever it is online your your okay. spotify or whatever i want to hear it cool all right sounds good thank you thank you dude uh 
support the Kickstarter. Let's keep this thing going. Forest folk. That's right. Dax Gordine. Right. Forest folk. Bands and shenanigans, kids. Volume two. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, everybody. Thank you. We'll be back soon. Peace.